Chapter 1. A Planet Out of Time. Personal Log. 2123 was not my best year. Let me state for the record, dying is not fun and is definitely overrated. This was the year the newly formed Galactic Coalition of Planets faced its greatest threat since the Dalralu invasion. The nearly omnipotent Hesh sought to redeem themselves for past sins. The problem with this type of redemption was the price others sometimes had to pay for that salvation. Rosti was a green-eyed Ashkelon. The world was a crazy place. In another few years, when his eyes turned blue, he would join his mother in the Space Corps. The Space Corps was where the excitement was at. The Ashkelon had recently broken the lightspeed barrier by folding space like a wall worm inching along a lava leaf. At least that is how his flockmate Sassy explained it. His eyes were almost solid blue, and he was really smart. Mother had left him early this morning. She had flown out of the family's nest with little more than a peck on his beak. The ships had left the spaceport. All of them. The skies had glowed with an unusual electric display, like the bad season for flying. However, there was no rain, and the sound of thunder's clap never came to his nest. For some reason, the sun's red glow seemed brighter than he had ever remembered it, and it was getting brighter still. He wished his nestmates would come home. It was all very confusing. The GCP Yorktown was parked in orbit around a planet called Gleesey 581G. Gleesey 581 was an M-class star that was roughly a third the mass of Earth's sun. It was what the astronomers called a red dwarf, with a spectral type M3V located 20.3 light years away from Earth. The planet's designated G was nicknamed Goldie because it was the first Earth-like planet in the so-called Goldilocks zone discovered by humanity in the first decade of the 21st century. Commodore Catherine Cat Kimbridge swiveled her black faux leather command chair to face her science officer station. Cat was a deceptively petite woman with long, bright red hair perpetually tied in a tail with an unadorned black band. To look at her, one would imagine she barely massed 110 pounds and was little over her mid-thirties. In point of fact, because of enhancements made by an alien race known as the Hesh, her body was teeming with advanced nanites that increased her mass to almost 200 pounds. Rather than being in her 30s, Kat was approaching her 80th birthday. She held multiple advanced degrees in the sciences and at one point had been Earth's foremost authority on hyperfield dynamics, which was the science that allowed ships to exceed the limits imposed by the lightspeed barrier. Commander Trifa, what are the sensors telling us? Commander Trifa was the Yorktown science officer. She looked for all the world like a five-foot iridescent green-feathered kangaroo with three-fingered hands and a nub tail. She was from a race officially known as the Hupastani, but everyone, including the Hupastani, called them hoppers. The surface temperature of the star is approaching 3,200 kelvins with a visual luminosity of 0.23%, that of Sol. The star's primary emissions are shifted deep into the infrared with peak emission at a wavelength of roughly 830 nanometers. Total bolometric luminosity is closer to 1.3%, that of Earth normal. If we choose to visit the planet, be forewarned this star is a strong X-ray emitter. The planet itself is roughly 1.7 times Earth's mass. However, the relative density is only 60% that of Earth, so the surface gravity is only fractionally more than Earth normal. As you can see from the forward view screen, it's almost certainly a water world with 69% of the surface taken up by a single large ocean. Trifa continued, The planet is orbiting much closer to its sun, and so the tidal impact of the primary is more acutely felt than on Earth. 
The atmosphere is primarily nitrogen and neon gases with a 17% oxygen content. The X-rays from the sun have created a fairly substantial protective ozone layer. The light is wrong for most of our species, but other than that, it's an extremely habitable world. Any signs of intelligent life? Kat asked. Trifa adjusted a setting on her console before answering. It's difficult to tell, ma'am. There seems to be an abundance of plant life, but because of the relatively low level of energy being emitted by the primary and the resulting shift in frequencies, the rate of evolution seems to be much slower on Goldie than any of our worlds. The apparent biodiversity on the more easily scanned landmasses seem to be considerably lower than even present-day Earth, given the mass extinctions on your world. Ziggy, are you picking up anything on comms? Negative, ma'am. Just a lot of popping from the x-rays interacting with the ionosphere. Hold, hold it. 